Hebrews chapter 4. Uh, we've been talking about Jesus being better. On the past Sunday, Pastor David led us in Jesus being better than the angels. Last Sunday, we looked at Jesus being better or greater than Moses. Uh, today, we are going to look at Jesus being better or greater than Joshua. But the distinct thing I like to put across to us even today is that the greatest difference we find between Jesus and Joshua is all about rest. Praise the Lord. It's in light with rest. And I'd like to ask you even today, even as you're here, how many of you who are employed still have 2016 days of rest you've not taken? Hello. Some of us have accumulated leave. 2016, 2017, 2018, you know, you've broken the HR policy. You know. Because you've never gone on leave to rest. And so today we'll be talking much about rest. Some of us, even as you listen to me today, you'll be saying, Pastor, you know, you don't understand. There is something called overtime. You know. So why should we rest? And overtime pays us better. And yet, rest is something that God desires of us to have. It's principle. It is key even to him. And this is what creates the difference between Joshua and Jesus. And the different types of rest, if you'd look around and even read, and a few of them is, which I'm going to talk about, but just in looking even at how scripture responds to such, there's physical rest, where our bodies are able to rest, you know, taking time to rejuvenate, to refresh, uh, to avoid burnout. You know, the Bible says in Exodus chapter 34, verse 21, it says, you have six days each week for your ordinary work. But on the seventh day, you must stop working, even during the seasons of plowing and harvest. Even when things are so good, even when it is being demanded of you to cultivate, because plowing is a season of cultivating, a season of working hard, a season of harvest, yet God commanded the children of Israel and told them this, that you have these six days, but you need also to rest, even in the seasons of plowing and harvest. Even when you're in a busy season, Praise the Lord. The Lord demands of you that you may take time and rest. You know, Ecclesiastes chapter 2, verse 18 to 23, I was being reminded of this yesterday, just thinking about it, because I remember sometime we took a, a journey through the book of Ecclesiastes. And in chapter 2, it says this in verse 18 to 23. And Solomon is saying that I came to hate all my hard work here on earth. For I must leave to others everything I have earned. And who can tell whether my successors will be wise or foolish? Yet they will control everything I have gained by my skill and hard work under the sun. How meaningless it is. And so he says in verse, four, verse 20 that so I gave up in despair, questioning the value of all my hard work in this world. 
And Solomon was basically talking about rest in this case. Because when you go to verse 21, he says this, that some people work wisely with knowledge and skill, then must leave the fruit of their efforts to someone who hasn't worked for it. This too is meaningless, a great tragedy. So what do people get in this life for all their hard work and anxiety? And he says in verse 23, their days of labor are filled with pain and grief. Even at night, their minds cannot rest. It is all meaningless. Praise the Lord. Have you ever seen someone wake up in the morning and say, you know, I was thinking about this and you're wondering, I thought you were asleep. If your spouse wakes up in the morning and says, I have now gotten a plan. <laughs> that one was, <laughs> was like this, what is Solomon is saying, that even at night, <laughs> their minds cannot rest. So at night, do your minds rest? Or are you still in autopilot? <laughs> You're still doing figures. <laughs> You're still running figures running projects. But yet, the word of God desires of us that we can come to a place of rest. Even when the season is for plowing or harvest. Mental rest is required because of being involved in many things mentally. Our thoughts, our minds. And Philippians chapter 4 verse 8 says that now dear brothers and sisters, now one final thing, fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Because just as Solomon said in Ecclesiastes chapter 2, verse 23, Philippians chapter 4, verse 8 tells us, where are your thoughts? Are you resting on the right things? Because I know even as we come into this service today, some of us are in this space where you're saying, I want physical rest. I want mental rest. My thoughts are all over. You're possibly seated here, but your thoughts are in the boardroom tomorrow. You can already even see the stationery on the table. Your thoughts are very far from us. And yet, the Lord desires that you may find mental rest. Emotional rest. Rest that we find emotionally. Possibly you're exhausted emotionally, been going through challenges in your relationships with your spouse, with your friends, with your colleagues, with your family. And Psalm 147 verse 7, verse 3 says, 147 verse 3 says that he heals the brokenhearted and binds their wounds. That once you find that rest, once you find that rest, you are able to find healing emotionally. You are able to find healing emotionally. Now the Lord is saying, I am able to heal you even emotionally. To give you rest. To heal your broken hearted. Because rest and healing also go together. Spiritual rest, as Matthew 11:28 would say, because all these things still are still spiritual. 
But Matthew 11:28 would say that come unto me all you that labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Did you come today with burdens, troubles, challenges you're going through? The Lord is saying that there is rest available for you today in his presence. That you can come and partake of this rest. Because he says, come unto me, all ye who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. That it is important of us to rest in God. To rest in him. And he's telling you, come with your burdens. Leave your burdens at the altar that I may give you rest. Praise the Lord. And I believe that we are somewhere in there desiring something, desiring rest for our souls, for our bodies, for our minds. And the Lord is saying today, there is rest that is available for you to partake. Praise the Lord. And like I said in the beginning, that the major difference we find between Joshua and Jesus is in regards to rest. But even before we go into that, the Bible says about rest that God took in Genesis chapter 2 verse 1 to 3. In Genesis chapter 2 verse 1 to 3 it says that, So the creation of the heavens and the earth and everything in them was completed. That on the seventh day God had finished the work of creation. So he rested from all his work. And God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy because it was the day when he rested from all his work of creation. That it is important of us to understand this as we look at this rest that we find in Genesis. That number one is that God valued rest. God the Father valued rest himself. He valued rest. He set a time that the seventh day was a time of rest. Do you set time to rest? God himself, creator of all, valued rest. Rest is not laziness, as some would think. But rest is godly. Praise the Lord. Rest is godly. Because many of us find ourselves in the systems, in the things that we need to do, the targets that we have, but God himself, God the Father, valued rest, took a whole day to rest. He valued rest. And now what am I saying? That rest is godly. Rest is godly. And God desires of us to have that understanding. That he values rest. We need to set a time for such. And to know that rest is godly. That for six days he worked and created and did his work. But yet he also took time to rest. He took time to rest. We also need to understand this as we build up towards looking at the difference, that rest is a promise from God. Rest is a promise from God. Rest is a promise from God. That as a promise from God, that God is saying that this is a promise even to you who is here today, that you can partake this promise of rest. Praise the Lord. 
you can partake this promise of rest. Exodus 33, verse 12 to 14 would say that one day Moses said to the Lord, you have been telling me, take these people you know, up to the promised land, but you haven't told me whom will send with me. You have told me I know you by name and I look favorably on you. If this is true, that you look favorably on me, let me know your ways so I may understand you more fully and continue to enjoy your favor. And remember that this nation is your very own people. And the Lord replies to him in verse 14, that the Lord replied, I will personally go with you, Moses, and I will give you rest. Everything will be fine for you. That when you're able to receive the rest of God, or rest from God, then as it were even with Moses, Moses was told that everything will be fine for you. Possibly the things you're going through now is because you have not chosen to rest in God. You've not chosen to rest in God. You know, always joke and tell the young men who are looking for a spouse, and if possibly you've already identified one, it is important that you also rest in God. Praise the Lord. You will struggle, my brother, but until you rest in God, that is a secret. That is a secret. Even if she's dodging you and telling you many things, just choose to rest in God. There is something that happens when you rest in God. And here, Moses was told that I will personally go with you, Moses, and I will give you rest. Everything will be fine for you. Praise the Lord. That when we seek to rest with God or to rest in God, God works out things on our behalf. Solomon in 1 Kings chapter 8 verse 56 says this. 1 Kings chapter 8 verse 56. Solomon says that praise the Lord who has given rest to his people Israel. Just as he promised. Not one word has failed of all the wonderful promises he gave through his servant Moses. That Solomon was able to come to a place where he was able to praise the Lord because of the rest that he had given his people. Possibly your failure to praise the Lord today is because you've not come to that place of rest. Solomon came to such a place where he was able to say that praise the Lord. Why? Because of the rest that he has given his people. Rest is a promise from the Lord. The Lord desires you to come to a place of praise because of the rest he has given you emotionally, physically, spiritually, mentally. That you can come to such a place and say, Lord, I praise you because you have given me rest. This thing that seemed to trouble me, Lord, I praise you because you have given me rest. But then now when we come and look at Joshua so that we can see the difference and why we are saying Jesus is better, we find that the story of Joshua in matters of rest is given in Joshua chapter 1, verse 12 to 15. And in Joshua chapter 21 and 22, we'll read a few verses in there. But in Joshua chapter 1, we are told in verse number 12 to 15, it says that Joshua called the tribes together the tribes of Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, 
he told them, Remember what Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you. The Lord your God is giving you a place of rest. He has given you this land. Your wives, children, and livestock may remain here in the land Moses assigned to you on the east side of the Jordan River. But your strong warriors, fully armed, must lead the other tribes across the Jordan to help them conquer their territory. Stay with them until the Lord gives them rest as he has given you rest and until they too possess the land the Lord your God is giving them. Only then may you return and settle here on the east side of the Jordan River in the land that Moses, the servant of the Lord, assigned to you. And so we find that in this context that Joshua calls these three tribes and he tells them, you know, for you, God has given you your rest. He has enabled you to possess your land. But then I want you to choose some soldiers out of your tribes to go with these other tribes who have not yet come to their place of rest. Go with them that they may be able to possess their land and come to their place of rest. And in just thinking about that is to see that there are times God will desire of us to enable others, to journey with others, that they may come to their place of rest. There are times God will demand of you and me to journey with someone that they may be able to come to their place of rest. Be it a friend, be it a relative. And this is what Joshua told these tribes. You know, yes, you guys, you have received your rest, you have received your land, but then you need to make sure that even the other tribes are able to come to their place of rest. That is why he says to them in verse 15, until the Lord gives them rest, as he has given you rest, you need to partner, you need to go with these people and fight on their behalf. And so when you come to Joshua chapter 21, verse 43 to 45, we find that this comes to pass. Because in Joshua chapter 21, verse 43 to 45, it says, that so the Lord gave to Israel all the land he had sworn to give their ancestors, and they took possession of it and settled there. Verse 44 says this, And the Lord gave them rest on every side, just as he had solemnly promised their ancestors that none of their enemies could stand against them, for the Lord helped them conquer all their enemies. Not a single one of all the good promises the Lord had given to the family of Israel was left unfulfilled. Everything he had spoken came true or came to pass. So, whatever the Lord had promised, these tribes went in, supported the other tribes, because actually when you read chapter 21 of Joshua, you see how those tribes were located their land. And so when you even come to Joshua chapter 22, the next chapter, verse 1 to 6, it says this, that now because they have done all this, they have gone forth and fought on behalf of these other tribes. In Joshua 22, we are told that then Joshua called together again, as we had seen in Joshua chapter 1, the tribes of Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh. He told them, you have done as Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, and you have obeyed every order I have given you. During all this time, you have not deserted the other tribes. You have been careful to obey the commands of the Lord your God, right up 
to the present day. And now, the Lord your God has given the other tribes rest as he promised them. So go back to the land that Moses, a servant of the Lord, gave you as your possession on the east side of the Jordan River. And be very careful to obey all the commands and the instructions that Moses gave you. Love the Lord your God. Walk in all his ways. Obey his commands. Hold family to him. Hold family to him and serve him with all your heart and all your soul. So Joshua is able to come to a place now. He tells them, you know, guys, now we have achieved. These other tribes have come to their rest. Now you can go back home. And like I said, many a times, God will also desire the same from us. To walk with others, that they may be able to come to their place of rest. And now I pray that even as you sit here and listen to me today, that you may be able to ask yourself, whom would the Lord want me to walk with? Whom would the Lord want me to journey with, that they may be able to come to their place of rest? Because Joshua called on these tribes. But we look at Joshua and say this, that the rest that Joshua was talking about was a physical land. Was about possessing land somewhere, the promised land. This rest for them to achieve it in the times of Joshua was preceded by battles. They had to fight to come to that place of rest. They had to fight their enemies to come to that place of rest. This rest, we can say for them to achieve it, was led by these three tribes that went forth with their armies to fight on behalf of the other tribes. But when you come and look at the rest that Christ gives, is a rest that is different. Because the rest that Joshua was talking about was rest that was found in possessing a land. But the rest that Jesus gives is a rest that we find in God. Is a rest that we find in God. It is beyond possessing a land. It is a rest that we come and we are able to rest in God himself. Not in possessing a land, a physical land as it were with the children of Israel. And so that when we come to our Hebrews chapter 4 and talk about the rest that Jesus talks about or desires of them to have, that even before we come into that, I'm taken to Mark chapter 6, verse 30 to 31, that as we saw the Father value rest, in Mark chapter 6, 30 to 31, we are told that the apostles return to Jesus from their ministry tour, and they tell him the things that they have done, the way the ministry experience was. Then in verse 31 it says that then Jesus said to them, let us go off by ourselves to a quiet place and rest a while. He said this why? Because there were so many people coming and going that Jesus and his apostles didn't even have time to eat. God the Father valued rest. Jesus himself valued rest. Praise the Lord. And many times we need to have that understanding. Some things are not so much dependent on us. You know, because some of us hold on to things and think, you know, things will crack. 
I don't know if someone in your office has ever gone on leave and they are still active on the WhatsApp group. Praise the Lord. I'm not attacking people. You know. They're sending you messages. Have you done? Have you done? Have you done? You know. And you're, you're on leave, my brother. You know. And yet, God desires of us to rest. Even in ministry. Praise the Lord. Jesus told his disciples, let us go and rest. Let us go and rest. Christ himself was the one who told them, let's go off by ourselves to a quiet place and rest. I said rest is godly. Jesus himself valued rest. He taught his disciples that it was important of them to rest. And this is the same thing that he's telling of us even today as we look at Jesus being better than Joshua. But when we come to Hebrews chapter 4, verse 1, it says this, and I'll explain as I go through the verses, that God's promise of entering his rest still stands. So we ought to tremble with fear that some of you might fail to experience it. Some of you, if you're not careful, may fail to experience this rest. And what is the right of Hebrews telling us? That this promise, as it were in the beginning, still stands today as a promise. This promise of rest has not changed. This promise is still available for you and me today that we can partake of this promise of rest. And that is why the writer of Hebrews says that God's promise of entering his rest still stands still stands even today. And he says, let us be very careful that we don't fail or miss to enter into that rest. And verse 2 says that for this good news that God has prepared this rest has been announced to us just as it was announced to them. As I stand before you, I'm announcing to you the word of God has been announcing to us that rest is a message that is called good news. Rest is a message of good news to us. But it says, but it did them no good because they didn't share the faith of those who listened to God. That we need to understand that God has prepared this rest. It is not a rest that we come to because of the battles as it were in the times of Joshua. But that we need to understand why Jesus is greater or better than Joshua. Is that this rest that Jesus calls us to is one that has been prepared by the Father. Is one that has been prepared by the Father. But then we also need to understand this that faith is fundamental or important in entering into that rest. Faith is important. Believing in God is important. If at all, you'd want to enter into that rest. Because the Bible has actually told us that some failed to enter into that rest. Why? Because of unbelief. Because of unbelief. 
And so we are being encouraged and being told, have faith in God. Because faith is key for you to enter into that rest. John chapter 14 verse 6 says that Jesus said that I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That for you to enter into that rest, Jesus is your entry point. Accepting Christ as your personal savior is key for you to enter into that rest. Entering into God's rest, you can only enter it through Jesus. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And that is why it says in the following verse, should be verse 3, it says that for only we who believe can enter his rest. Only us who believe that he is the way, the truth, and the life can enter into that rest. And so even as you listen to me today and you've never even given your life to Christ, the word of God is telling you that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. That if at all you want to, if at all you want to enter into that rest, you need to enter it through Christ as your personal Savior. That salvation is the way that leads you to this rest. And that is why the writer says that for only we who believe can enter his rest. Can enter his rest. I don't know where you are in your relationship with Jesus. You've heard the word of God many times beyond even these four walls. But an invitation is being made present to you today. That if at all you want to come into this place of resting in God, that you may accept Christ as your Lord and Savior. Because he is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through Jesus. Praise the Lord. The rest that Jesus offered beyond that one which Joshua offered was a rest through salvation. Was a rest through a Savior. It wasn't through the battles that they fought, but Christ even today stands as one who is willing to make you come into that rest, that rest which is in God. So entering this rest is not preceded by battles. Salvation in Christ is key to enter this rest. Unbelief will hinder you in entering into his rest. And he says that this rest has been ready since the beginning of the world. Since the beginning of the world. And the writer actually refers to Genesis chapter 2 in verse 4 where he says, We know it is ready because of the place in the scriptures where it mentions the seventh day as we read earlier. That on the seventh day God rested from all his work. God rested. And when you continue in verse 5 and 6 and 7, it says, But in the other passage, God said, They will never enter my place of rest. So God's rest is there for people to enter. But those who first heard this good news failed to enter because they disobeyed God. So God set another time for entering his rest. And that time is today. And you remember as you have said before, that this letter was being written to they who had converted. And 
the writer was reminding them and telling them, you know, they who had heard of this rest failed to enter in the beginning. But today, an opportunity lies in store for you. An invitation lies in store for you that you may come and enter into this rest through Jesus Christ. Through Jesus Christ. And that is why he says that so God set another time in verse 7 for entering his rest. And that time is today. That time is today. And that is why he tells them that today when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts. Don't harden your hearts like they did earlier. The opportunity to enter this rest is available for you. And verse 8 says that now if Joshua had succeeded in giving them this rest, God would not have spoken about another day of rest still to come. This means that the rest that Joshua spoke about or gave them was not fully fulfilled. And that is why he says that God would not have spoken about another day of rest if at all Joshua had accomplished it in his time. And so just to tell us this, that Christ provides for us another opportunity to enter into this rest. To enter into this rest. To enter into this rest. And verse 9 says this, So there is a special rest still waiting for the people of God. For all who have entered into God's rest have rested from their labors just as God did after creating the world. So let us do our best to enter that rest. But if we disobey God, as the people of Israel did, we will fail or we will fall and fail to enter into that rest. The writer repeats again, the opportunity still stands today for you and me to enter into that rest. This rest is not a physical land. There are those who have died in Christ have entered into God's rest. But then he's also saying that obedience to God, obedience to God is key towards entering into that rest. Obedience to God is key to entering into that rest. This rest, like I said, is a promise to us. Is a promise that you can partake even today. Is a promise that God is saying, be it emotionally, be it physically, be it spiritually, in whatever way you are desiring rest in the Lord, the Lord is saying that as a promise, it is available for you even today. And these Jews are being told, you know, you need to understand that there is a place that God is calling you into. There is a rest that God is inviting you into. And that may you not fail or miss, miss it out because of your disobedience and unbelief. Praise the Lord. And so that is why it says in verse 12 that for the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Everything is naked and exposed before his eyes. And he is the one to whom we are accountable. We are accountable. 
What is your accountability of rest before the Lord? But then when I look at verse 12, I learn this, that true rest is also found in God's word. True rest is also found in God's word. That is why the writer says that for the word of God is alive and powerful. This word of God is alive and powerful. Able to bring you to a place of rest. The true rest is found in God's word. And that is why John chapter 1 verse 1 says that in the beginning the word already existed. The word was with God and the word was God. That when you look at God, you look at his word. That if at all you need rest for anything that has troubled you, you can find rest in his word. You can surely and, you know, in a trustworthy way, trust in the Lord. That as I rest in him, as I rest in him, as I rest in his word, then whatever struggles I've had, God says that this rest is a promise. That I can stand on his word. No matter what I may be going through, no matter what challenges I may be going through, no matter what area I desire to have rest, that the word of God is able to bring you to a place of rest. To speak over your life and declare rest over your life. That we can find true rest in his word. And that is why the writer says that for the word of God is alive and powerful. Alive and powerful. Alive and powerful. Able to penetrate whatever area in your soul, in your spirit. Joint and marrow, you know, joint and marrow is your physical. Your spirit, your emotion, your soul. That the word of God is able to penetrate into those spaces. In whatever area you need rest. And Jesus provides to us this rest. And as we say that Jesus is better or greater than Joshua, is to understand that the true rest that we so seek, the rest that we so desire, is found in Jesus alone. Is found in Him alone. The rest that Jesus gives is greater than what Joshua gave the people of Israel. This rest, I repeat again to us even today, is a promise and still stands today. And that is why the writer of Hebrews, when he starts, he says, God's promise of entering his rest still stands. Still stands. That even today, you can claim that promise of rest. You can claim that promise of rest. And for you who has never given your life to Jesus, you can say, Lord, today I desire to accept Christ as my Lord and Savior. Because Christ is key towards you entering into that rest of God. Christ is key. A Savior. Salvation is key for you into entering into that rest. So is your desire today that the Lord may give you rest? Are you heavy laden? The Lord is saying that I will give you rest. Are you troubled in your thoughts? Troubled physically? Desiring that the Lord may heal you? Psalm 147 verse 3 has told us that He heals the broken heart. 
he heals the broken. Possibly you are the verge of depression, or you seem as if, or you feel as if you're in the valley of depression. The Lord is still able to say that even in that place, I can give you hope. Jesus, when the storm came and the storm was tossing the boat, Jesus was resting at that time. That God can still give you rest even in your storm. God can give you rest in your storm. God can give you rest in your storm. And he's saying that this rest and this promise still stands even today. That Christ is offering you a greater rest than what Joshua offered you. And he's saying that that rest is available to you.